Out, everyone, now. Look, I'm I'm sorry if I've overstepped my bounds, but Stop I just talking, Hume. I've heard what you've had to say. Now you listen to me. I want you to stop. Stop? Stop what? Someone has clearly affected the way you see things. This is a serious problem. It is, in fact, a violation. So whatever you're doing, whatever it is you think you're looking for, you need to stop looking for it. Do you, do you know what I'm looking for, Mrs. Whitmore? I don't know why you're looking for anything. You have the perfect life. On top of it, you've managed to attain the thing you've wanted more than anything. My husband's approval. How do you know what I want? Because I bloody do. I need to see that list. Or you need to tell me why I can't. Can't? Because you're not ready yet, Desmond. Ready? Ready for what? Welcome to the 100th episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. For our 100th episode of the Revisited Podcast, we are covering Lost, Season 6, Episode 11, Happily Ever After. Yay, no complaints. No no marks. No, no remarks. Oh, there was a pause. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be left in editing, too. Happy 100th. Yay, 100 episodes. We did Only, it. There's 52 weeks in a year, which means 100 episodes would have taken us a little over two years that we did in four. Uh, we did great. <laughs> there was, there hey. was this little thing called a pandemic <laughs> right in the middle of it. Uh, pandemic along with uh, high anxiety, as well as a lot of other issues <laughs> yeah. that, that caused a little bit of a break. But hey, we've been doing good these past couple weeks. We've been we've been on track. I know today is a little delayed, but it's still out on the day yes. that it releases, which is fine. Um, and we have a we have a great episode to talk about. Probably not a lot to talk about, but we that's okay. We, you know what? Every time we say that, we end up going for like two hours. No, no, no. We can't today. No, because no, I have scheduled maintenance happening. Yes. Uh, that adds to interesting scheduling. But I do want to say one thing. This being the 100th episode, we have promised you something. And we're going to deliver. And that is, at the end of this episode, we will be revealing... The next series we will be diving into once our lost coverage wraps. Yay! Um, I'm very excited, not just to make the announcement, but to start like actually diving into this show. Because I, yeah, me too. I love this show so much. 
and hopefully people that are listening are just as excited. I, I've gotten some feedback from people who have saying like, doesn't matter what the show is. They're 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 ready for it. Um, they've been listening to us since the beginning, and they're going to stick with us past it. So, well, thanks everybody. <sighs> yeah, thanks for well, listening to the verbal diarrhea that sometimes <laughs> this podcast can be. <laughs> hey, and. So much so that it has created a second podcast. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that we which hope is you, really super fun. Which we hope you guys are checking that one out too, because we've only done a couple <laughs> episodes so far, but we're having a blast. With My it. kids sure are. That's 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 for darn sure. Are they okay? So are they having a blast listening or just having fun choosing the movies? Yes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, they don't listen to our podcast. Oh, so do, oh, well, then how how is it? Yes. Because I said, are they listening? Because they like being involved in the podcast. Oh, well, then that works. Yeah. Okay. The only podcast that they really like is um, the Andor podcast by Podcastica. Okay. But that's that's just because, you know, they're British and... <laughs> They talk about their favorite subject, you know, they're, they're British <laughs> at heart. Yeah. Um, I want to make quick mention too, because it's, you know, being a podcastica podcast, we'll, we'll plug podcastica away. We're going to start doing that more because we haven't been doing it enough. Um, but I do want to mention that I'm trying to find the information on it right now. It, it's something that maybe your kids might be interested in. If you want to introduce them to podcasts, um, Alex over on Podcastica has just started a new podcast, and it's actually with his daughter, um, his daughter, Lucy. Uh, it's called Daddy Daughter Bookworms, and it's him and his daughter actually reviewing children's books. They read the books together and they review the books. So uh, it's a brand new podcast. So whether your kids listen to it or not, Kristen, uh, I just wanted to give it a quick plug. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, and we'll give you all the information at the end of the there podcast. There needs to be more podcasts directed towards kids, I think, that don't talk down to kids, that, you know, give them something to actually think about. Um, I think that that's a really good idea. I've wanted to do that with my kids for a really long time, and I might explore doing something like that with uh, the new Percy Jackson TV series that's coming out just because I know how excited they are. And uh, we've been watching Stranger Things with the kids this week we we've, we've binged the first two seasons and listening to my daughter like just theorize and break it down episode by episode i'm like oh you have such a brain for podcasting <laughs> so it'd be fun to to explore that with her i think that she'd have a really good time doing it yeah and i'm i'm just as excited for percy jackson as as your daughter is so uh maybe i can be a guest if you decide to do something that would be so fun yeah uh, but again, that's not our next show. No, it's not our next show. Percy Jackson, <laughs> it's not our next show. We will, we promise you the announcement is coming at the end of this episode, what our next show is. So make sure you stick around all the way to the end. Uh, happy 100. Hey, happy 100 to you. Uh, let's dive into this. So, uh, if you're not already aware at this point, a hundred episodes in, this is a spoiler full podcast. So we will be talking about things. There's always a chance. We're going to be talking about things, uh, that have yet to happen as well as the things that have already happened in the past. So, uh, season six, episode 11, happily ever after a Desmond episode. 
that started with the eye, the close-up on the eye. We haven't gotten that in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a couple of eyes, actually. Uh, every single time he was going in and out of consciousness, it always started with his eye. Uh, I wasn't paying enough attention. Is there a mirror Yes. moment? Okay. So there's a mirror moment with... There's a few mirror moments. There's uh, one with Desmond. Uh, there might be two with Desmond, but there's definitely one with Desmond. There's one with Charlie. Um, is that it? Just one with Desmond and one with Charlie? I think so. I have to double check right now because the, I did take note of that. Um, give me one second. So you talk. <laughs> oh, the infamous you talk so there's not dead air moments of a podcast. It, well, yeah, I, you I, don't I, edit it enough. <laughs> no, I really don't. Um there is I like our conversations to seem conversational. So when there's okay. uh my brain died moments, I like to keep them in. My brain does die every single time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I try to pay attention to that now ever since Jason made the notes about it. And I, I I haven't been doing a very good job of paying attention. I mean, There's a lot of very clear reflection of flash sideways to flash present, flash present, to present in this episode. But as far as actually seeing physical reflections of a character, I was not paying enough attention to kind of notice. Okay, here we go. We have... The flash sideways timeline begins with Desmond's reflection in the oceanic arrival board. So when he's looking at the board mm -hmm. um, at the airport, uh, Desmond's reflection is also seen in the police station door. Daniel okay, Widmore's yep. reflection is seen in Desmond's car window. Is that it? I think that's it. I thought that there was one with Charlie, but there isn't. Okay, uh, so the the moments are definitely there. The police station, I remember now that you you brought it up because uh, you do see the the moment where he's walking up to the door and you Desmond does see his own reflection in the door. The mm -hmm. destination board at the airport, I really wasn't paying enough attention to. Um, I I did really like that moment, that interaction between Desmond and Claire in the I airport. Do, yeah. Um. It really showed us the, I guess, the the charmingness that we already, the charming nature that Desmond has, which we already knew. Mm -hmm. But um, I just loved seeing it, and especially interacting with a character that we've already seen and that we know. Yeah. I, you know, I, I like that his character, while it's very different, um, the core of who Desmond is is not different at all. In this mm -hmm. episode, um, you know, he's a businessman. He likes being successful. He's a very corporate guy, which Desmond never was in the original timeline, <clears throat> but he's still kind. He's still um, chivalrous. You know, he still has that Desmond quality to him that we all know and and love. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing a different. You're right. The lifestyle of Desmond has definitely changed, but the personality characteristics have stayed the same. Yeah. He is at his core, the same person we've always known Desmond to be. Yeah. It's, it's just very interesting seeing who his boss is 
in this episode, and that's Charles Woodmore. So off-putting to see them all like, Desmond, my boy. Oh, Charles, nice to see you. And you're like, ah, I don't like it. Make it stop. <laughs> well, these, I mean, again, like I mentioned the reflections of characteristics and and timelines in, you know, when we see those reflections, they become the opposite of what they are. Mm. We're seeing things in reverse. And it was very interesting to me to see Desmond and Charles share the glass of whiskey that earlier on Charles always made Desmond sure to know he was not good enough to drink. Right. Right. Yeah. And now he's willingly handing him a glass Mm -hmm. of this whiskey and they're drinking it together. Right. So much different. The whole interaction between the two of them is very different. You know, um, I do like it that we have some callbacks, though, in, in Charles Woodmore's office when he gets into the office. Like, he admires the sailboat that's on the wall, which is obviously a um, a callback to Desmond entering that sailboat race to prove that he's good enough for Penny. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we have that little callback or that reminder of, of their original relationship. We have um, two pictures, two paintings of scales. Uh, the first painting of the scales has um, black pieces on it. And I think the second painting has white pieces on the scale. Oh, I missed that. Which is very cool. Well, because we've already seen the scales play out between Jacob and Men in Black. Um, and we've always wondered which side. Well, we haven't really wondered which side Charles Whitmore falls on. Well, I mean, we do kind of wonder it now. Because he does have good intentions. He's just, as we talked about last episode, Charles Whitmore seems to have good intentions, just horrible actions. Like he's doing he's doing what he feels is right, but with the wrong... He's just going about the wrong way of doing it. Yeah. So Throwing kinda, Desmond in an uh, electromagnetic box is definitely the wrong way to do something. Well... We, we talked about this last episode and, and the revelation that I came to by the end of last episode that I never really came to before. And I don't know why I didn't. And that is once, you know, by the end of this season, by the end of the series, what the flash sideways actually is, it makes you revisit this episode mm. and realize something in that Desmond never crossed over into a parallel world, which is what we're meant to believe happens Mm. in this. That's not what happens at all. Desmond was dead. All whatever the experiment was killed him, Mm. but he came back. This is all near death experience for Desmond because we know the flash because we know the flash sideways is the afterlife. Well, it's the in-between. Right. So... It's the bridge. It's the bridge between life and the afterlife. Mm -hmm. So for for this machine to have sent Desmond there means he was dead. Yeah, but Eloise also says, but Eloise says you're not ready for this yet. Well, because I think... It's not time. So my theory to that is that yes i i think that's because one he was not meant to die in that moment so that's why she tells him that but also 
he's also not prepared to move on yet. He hasn't come to the realizations in his life he needs to to move on, like much like we say we've already seen with Locke. We've seen kind of with Jack. We still need to see with other characters. We're finding out like in the flash sideways, there's particular moments in their life they need to come to grips with before mm-hmm. they can peacefully move on. And Desmond, because he's not meant to have died yet, hasn't come to those points in his life yet because he still has mm-hmm. more life to experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Eloise telling him you're not ready is she's speaking truth. This is like this is almost like again, I'm not a religious person. This is almost like a voice of someone at the heavenly gates or some or a god saying this is not your time to die. Mhm. Right. So you well, you need to go. I mean, obviously Charles Woodmore has his own he likes to play god. We know this. Mm-hmm. He has liked playing god for 6 seasons now. So you know, I I think that that Charles Woodmore kind of forcing the situation is, is for the first time that I can say this about Charles Woodmore is almost like a blessing in disguise because we're going to find out that Desmond is the key to the end the end game of this series, which I totally forgot about until the end of this episode. Pretty cool, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. So without Desmond, without Desmond being forced into this situation, you know, they would have been stuck there for a really long time. Um, I don't know if I say they if I don't know if I agree that they would be stuck there. I think eventually everything would have worked its way to the way it should be. Um, but it also makes me question something now that we're talking about this and we're, we're saying that, that conversation with Eloise. Eloise Widmore, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, not Hawking, um, of her of her telling Desmond like it's not your time is the revelation that Desmond is, has died too early in his life. Mm-hmm. I now question because Charlie also seems to be very tuned in in this episode of what is Charlie, going on. Charlie had a near a near death experience on the plane. Yeah, but he's already dead. How do you have a near-death experience when you're already dead? Maybe that's the key to it. I don't know. Well, no. What I'm thinking is, and this is my ongoing theory that I'm just kind of now realizing, is that if Desmond was close to death too early before he was meant to die, and now he's, because of that, he's kind of a little clear. Like, he's, he's tuned into all this stuff that is happening. Things are not how they should be. Charlie also is in tune to all these things. Did Charlie die before he was meant to? Did he meet his death before it was originally planned? You and mean that's and his that's original why he, death. His original death, the not Penny's boat death. Was that death pre when it was meant to happen? Did his sacrifice change things so now that in the after or in the in-between, he is more aware of things because he seems very clearly able to see well i mean that's a that's a really good question uh one one thing that i would counter with is that charlie is a character that as a as a heroin addict he has been chasing death for a really long time he likes to kind of flirt with the idea that he could die at any time um and i think that we see that especially when he gets out of of jail and he just crosses the street without really like 
caring whether no or not regard. he dies. Yeah, no, no regard. regard at all. Um, you know, the you could say kind of the same thing. Well, hmm, as I as I say this out loud, the one thing about Charlie on the island is that he did seem to be a survivor. He lied his way to make sure that he survived with Claire's relationship, with his friendships on the island, with pretty much, pretty much everything. You know, in this case, in this Flash Sideways case, he seems to be really honest about kind of everything. I mean, he's honest about, you know, when he almost died on the plane or quote unquote died on the plane. And then he had no regard for death later. He tried to die again um, in the in the water, which which was interesting just because Desmond was able to save him in this in this instance, and he mm-hmm. wasn't able to save him in the last instance, mm-hmm. which I I kind of love. It's it's kind of like Desmond got to complete that one that one event that he couldn't seem to change in his past without knowing that that was in his past, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot, I mean, Desmond and Charlie are intertwined together. They always will be intertwined together. Um, so I think the fact that it was Charlie that showed Desmond kind of what was going on in this flash sideways. And he was kind of like his sponsor or his guardian angel during this electromagnetic, um, unconsciousness or flash sideways that Desmond was having. Um, I think it fit really well with kind of Desmond's character and who would be guiding him through this scenario. Okay. All right. Yeah. I I definitely see a lot of that. And it's, you know, you mentioned you bring up the whole underwater thing as well. And that was, that scene was kind of jarring is not the right word because I had completely forgot about again, there's a lot of elements. I forgot this about eighty percent of this episode. That's yeah. So there's a lot of this episode that I did not remember. I didn't remember the end with, um, you know, Desmond asking for the manifest, and as you said, being kind of like the catalyst that brings everybody mm-hmm. together finally. Um, I also did not remember that we were going to be reminded of Charlie's death. Um, Charlie's death to me, and I know we talked about this a while ago, back in like season three when it happened is it's still one of the most memorable character deaths in television. Everybody knows if you've watched Lost even once, you know what not Penny's boat means. Yes. Yeah. You just do. So to see it again was kind of jarring a little bit. Underwater flashed back and forth. And Charlie knew what he was doing when he put his hand up like that. He knew exactly what he was doing. Well, that's what I mean by is Charlie more in tune like Charlie is definitely more in tune to when I say in tune, meaning he knows that there is something that's oh. not the way it should be. Yeah. At first I disagreed with that. And then I don't know if you just, heard, if you just heard my weird diatribe there. Just oh, I heard. Ago, but yeah. I, I went from completely disagreeing to <laughs> completely agreeing with you in like 60 seconds. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, I trust me, I heard it. I was just kind of like inner monologuing, like I'm going to let her have this one. No, no, you should. Thanks. (laughs) Um, Sometimes it takes me a little longer to get there. (laughs) But yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like, I think Charlie, that's why I'm questioning now, did Charlie's death in real life, the Mm -hmm. not Penny's boat moment, Mm -hmm. was that 
something that was not meant to happen? Was that a sacrifice that was premature for Charlie's life? And that's why now in the in-between, he is more in tune with things similarly to how Desmond is. It wasn't his time to die, but yet he's in the in-between when he's not supposed to be. Therefore, he's kind of more realized as to this is not the way things should be. This mm-hmm. is there's something about this that's not right. Because even yeah, the moment when, when Charlie is walking across the street from the police station to the pub, which I don't know if I've ever seen an instance where there's a pub across the street from a police station. Um, They'd get so me, much business. It, it seems to be, yeah, a little counterintuitive, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, oh, no. No, that's a courthouse, not a police station. Never mind. Um, there are when he's walking across the street with no regard, he kind of already realizes like, if I die, it doesn't matter. He hasn't realized he's already dead, but he's come to the realization that it just death does not matter. Well, he wants to die because he wants to get back to that feeling that he had on the plane as the darkness was closing in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, if you know that there's something waiting for you like that, wouldn't you try to get back to it? Well, which also makes me question, as I, I mentioned earlier, how do you have a near-death experience when you're already dead? Maybe that was not a near-death experience. Maybe that was Charlie crossing over. And it was prevented because it was premature. He was not yeah, meant to cross to over cross on over, his own. Yeah, he can't cross over on his own. He has to cross over with Claire. Exactly. So he he... He did it prematurely, but I, I think that that's where he doesn't understand his place in the flash sideways. I agree he's with that. He's trying to, just like Charlie, just like original Charlie, he's trying to force his way through something that he needs to take his time with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree like, with that I don't completely. know, go find the girl. Well, but I also think that's why it's actually pretty kismet that Desmond and Charlie are connected in this world mm. is because you're right. Charlie was prematurely moving on when he shouldn't have been yet. He it mm. wasn't his time to move on. He needed the catalyst to help him realize about that. And that's why that's where Desmond comes in because mm-hmm. Desmond is now the one that's going to bring everybody together that need to move on together. Right. Which is going to be great. Like I, 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 we I have reached the beginning of the end. I can tell you right now, and this is a little bit of, yeah, that's a good way to put it. We have reached that this is the beginning of the end for for all of this. Uh, I can tell you right now, just for pure interest, I actually jumped to the last 10 minutes of the series finale. Um, And I only watched, I didn't watch the whole thing. I only watched maybe a minute and a half of it. Yeah. And I stopped because I was getting emotional. Oh no. And the fact that I was getting emotional, I was like, I don't remember being this emotional. The last time I watched this, I think actually analyzing this show and breaking down these episodes and all of these characters and their interactions. I'm warning you right now, because I have a feeling it's going to hit me. This series finale is going to hit harder than it has before. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I specifically went back to rewatch the Ben moment because it's one of my favorite moments. Mm-hmm. And I ended up watching a little bit more past that. And even the Ben moment, I was like, I'm getting choked up at this. 
I can't. I love that I, your feelings are just always right there <laughs> on on the cusp. I'm like, I I can't keep, I can't watch this till the end because I'm going to be a mess. Right. I will wait until we get to this before I actually watch it in full. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, and, and speaking of emotional, right, we see Jin in this episode, which I don't understand why he's in this episode other than to annoy us that his story hasn't progressed in 11 episodes. Yeah, you're right. Like what I didn't think about it until now, but you're right. What place does Jin have in this story? I don't know. He was contractually obligated to be in a, in a certain number of episodes. Like I don't understand it at all. I don't get it either, and it is it is kind of annoying now that I think about it, uh, but I will tell you this. My very first note, actually, it's my second note. My very first note after the classic eye close-up is, ugh, Zoe. Oh, my gosh. Zoe still sucks. That's <laughs> that's here. That's in my note. Yes. I I don't know what it is about her character. She her seems voice. She seems great. Maybe that's what it is. I'm sure the actress is a very nice person. I cannot stand the character of Zoe. No, don't she's know what it worst. is. She seems incompetent. She seems incompetent. Like everything that she's done, she's fumbled so far. Everything. Well, I mean, we we talked about this last week because you brought up a good point in that maybe like Charles's team is kind of trying to overstep him and do things their own way. And he's mm. kind of just the people that brought them together, but they have their own plan. So I kind of tried to pay attention to that this week. And I didn't see that at all this week. Charles is the mm. one pulling the strings, mm-hmm. but regardless as to whether or not Zoe and the team are in charge or Charles is in charge. Oh God. I just <laughs> heard, that, heard that in my head of our days <laughs> and our nights. Totally unintentional. Um, <laughs> It doesn't matter who's pulling the strings. Zoe is annoying. Yes. I don't well, know so what is it is. Little, so is the other guy. Yeah. I don't even know his name. That's how much I care about him. They they don't feel like scientists to me. No, no. They seem like they're pretending. Yes. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. They feel like they're... They feel like they're chaperones. Mm. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. they're, they're basically fill-in characters. Well, like the one guy that's like, hey, I forgot this this lever isn't, um, I'm just going to do it right now. Never <laughs> mind the fact that it's the big blast of whatever it is that we're shooting at somebody. I'm going to do this unchecked. Yeah. Yeah, they, they seem very incompetent. Yes. But I mean... <laughs> But it then shows it, how de- I think that that is to show us. I'm sorry to step on you. No, um, I think that that is to show us how desperate Charles is to make this particular thing happen. Yeah, I mean, especially when you consider you look at the scientists, look at the actual scientists that mm-hmm. Charles has used already in the past. You had Charlotte, you had Daniel, you had um, Miles, and oh, Naomi, Naomi. Thank you. Um, these four were actual intelligent scientists. Well, he actually also had the whole group with uh, Eloise back when he was younger, too, which mm. those were actual scientists True. as well. And then you look at you had people you had the people on the boat as well in um, George, who we see in this character was Dr. One of the George. Sci- yeah, 
was one of the characters on the freighter. He was the one that kind of went crazy. Um, kind of. Okay, he went crazy. But he was, but he was directly responsible for helping Desmond realize the constant. True, and he's plays a part in that as well. Right, in, which was perfectly cast, perfect, perfect position of that character to show up with Desmond as Desmond is figuring out that he is now going to be the constant for all of these characters finding their way to the end. Yeah. And I want to say too, I think he's a fantastic character actor, but Fisher Stevens is short circuit. Yeah. Yeah. He's short circuit. His name is Ben, um, uh, (laughs) Ben Javeri from short circuit and short circuit two, which I, Mm -hmm. I love, which is better than short. Yeah. Which is better than short circuit one. It's hands down better than the first one. Yeah. (laughs) I don't care what anybody says. It's hands down. Sorry, Steve. Sorry, Steve Gutenberg. Fisher Stevens was a better leading man in the, in the short circuit series. Um, I mean, I, every once in a while, I still sing Los Lobos, kick your ass. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a better movie. Anyway, uh, Fisher Stevens is a fantastic character actor, so I was very happy to see him yes. come back in, in this episode and play the role of George again. And, and like, I'm always in, happy when I see him. Yeah. I, that's one of the things I've I've really liked about this series is that other than the story and the characters is that we get to see a lot of these great character actors kind of come in and play these little roles. And it's, well, he it's, played the psychologist. He played a Phoebe psychologist boyfriend in the first, that's, in the first season. That's right. A friend. That's like, right. You guys are all drinking these coffee cups, which I'm sorry, must, must should have nipples on them. <laughs> So, but yeah, I was, I was, I was happy to see Fisher Stevens return and and play George. And you're right, he's a very important character, and it was a great choice of character to bring back to be mm-hmm. that kind of be by that kind of catalyst, that catalyst for Desmond to realize that he is the constant, or that he's going to be the constant mm-hmm. between these characters, and asking him like, "Can you get me the manifest of all these passengers?" and now we know Desmond's going to be hard at work to bring everybody together. Yeah, because he says, I want to show them something. Yep. Uh, I, think we were get- I think we were on the verge of making a different point when I diverted us by mentioning Fisher-Stevens. And now I don't remember what that previous point was. Um, Zoe sucks. That- Scientists suck. Jin's purpose is uh, <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Jin's purpose is uh, we are contractually obligated to put Daniel Day Kim in another episode. So here you go, Daniel Day Kim. We're going to waste your unbelievable talent as the character Jin. Oh, man. It's, God, it's, you know, it it is what it is. I don't know why he was in there. I guess maybe we'll figure it out later. I, I don't know. You know who I did love? Uh, seeing was Daniel. It was so nice to see Daniel, not as a scientist, but as a musician, which was what he originally wanted to do from the beginning before his mother put him on the, the science tract. Um, what was interesting to me was that Eloise seems to be the same no matter where she is, whether she's in the original timeline or the alternate timeline, which makes me um, wonder if she is the one that has been pulling the strings for everything because she seems to know right where she is. 
Well, but here's the question, though. Is this a is this actually Eloise Hawking or Eloise Whitmore in Whitmore. The Flash Sideways? Or is she basically just a manifestation? Because that's one of the things we kind of have to realize is that some of these characters that we're meeting and that we're seeing are not the actual people. They're just kind of manifestations of them to help these people move on. So, and to help them connect so that they can move on. So who is real and who is not? Is Charles Whitmore actually Charles Whitmore? Is Eloise Whitmore actually Eloise Whitmore? Like that, that really is a question to me is like, who is real and who is not? Does that make sense? It does. But to hear Eloise say, you're not ready. This is not, it's not your time yet. Makes me think that Eloise of out of all the characters that we see seems to be a step ahead or a step above of everybody else. And she's been that way the whole series ever since we met her as a character. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me if she is the same, no matter what reality that she's in. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can, I mean, I can absolutely see her being, the same person. I, I mean, and I could almost see her being the actual Eloise. Like she's always had a higher purpose. And that is like, like you mentioned, she's kind of the one pulling the strings on everything. Maybe not everything because there's, there's obviously Jacob and the man in black too. Right. So I don't, I don't know. There is a lot of confusion to Eloise's character. Yeah. Um, Charles, I would, I would think is Charles is a manifestation. I do not think this is the real Charles Whitmore. Uh, Eloise, Why? I would, I would, because I don't think he would ever. I think there would still be a lot of. I don't know. I, I don't really know how to explain it. I just kind of have this feeling that this is not the real Charles. I think this is a manifestation in order to assist Desmond in moving forward. I, I don't know. I really can't give you an explanation. So you're saying that in Desmond's flash sideways, his deep, dark desire is to have that approval from Charles Woodmore, because it would seem to me that he has no need for it in his, in his uh, original timeline. Now that he's married with a son. Well, and I think that might be it. I think that might be part of the realization is that, Maybe in real life, Desmond did have that need deep down that he wanted Charles's approval mm -hmm. and never got it. He came to that realization already in life when he mm. and Penny and, and Charlie moved on without Charles. So now he becomes the catalyst to bring everybody together. That is his purpose. He doesn't really need to move on or he doesn't need to come to any realizations in the in-between because he's already made them in real life. Okay. So he's brought in to bring everybody together because we do know there is something special about Desmond. Always has been. Always has been. So maybe this is it. Desmond doesn't need to come to realizations in the in the post life in the in between because he's already actually made them in real life. He's lived his life and and kind of came to grips with all of that. And whereas everybody else who has to come to these realizations, when you real if you think about it, are people whose lives have been cut short. Jack's life is cut short. 
Locke's life is cut short. Juliet. Charlie's life is cut short. Juliet. These are all people whose lives have been cut short. Yeah. Saeed, Jin, Sun. These are all people's lives who have been cut well, short. I don't know if you can make the same argument for Saeed. Saeed's wife died. You know, as far as he was concerned, his life was over. He didn't care anymore. What do you? What? But that could be why he, you know, is devoid of all feeling and isn't really a part of everything. I don't know. But again, remember, he doesn't move on with his might with his wife. He moves right. on with Shannon. Right. Which is still weird, but whatever. <laughs> but that was one of the things we kind of talked about in when we saw Saeed's flash was that sideways. They weren't supposed to ever is that be they together. were never supposed to be together. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He needed to come to that realization. It was something he never came to in real life. Well, he kind of sort of did um, when he met Shannon. Mm-hmm. But maybe there was always a part of him that still pined for her. Maybe. You know, and he needed to get over that before he can move on to realize that the person he's truly meant to move on with is Shannon. Is Shannon. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, we've had that discussion before. I can't wait to see it kind of unfold in the next couple of episodes here. That'll yeah. be, it'll be nice to, to see that again um, and break that down again. But um, yeah, I do. I do love that. Uh, this is all going to be, this is all going to be Desmond's doing. I like it that he's going to be the one that shows everybody the way. I think that um, there's not, there's no other character that that would fit this role other than Desmond. Um, I, I f- yeah, I feel like this has always been des- des- Desmond's destiny. Yes, is for sure. Th- this was always his purpose. Yes, and yeah. we're and we're finally seeing that for the first time. Hmm. Like we've always I mean, known. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, poor Desmond doesn't realize that on the island right now, but he, but at least uh, sideways Desmond does. Well, I don't know if I agree with that either, because remember, he's very willing to help. Oh, that's by the true. End of this. That's true. That's true. You're very I think right. He's, I think he's kind of realizing it. Like there's, there's something going on here. I, not only am I getting to be with Penny again, like I'm seeing my wife and I'm spending time with my wife, who's not my wife yet, but I have a higher purpose. Now he is the only one that is aware of his flash sideways. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like when right. I kept saying he's in tune, like he knows this is now the question remains, does he know this is a flash sideways? I I don't know if I believe that yet or not. He, I mean, he believes this is a different world because that conversation that he has with Daniel at mm. the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like I, I already set off the bomb and you, you know, that whole, that whole thing. So Desmond knows there's something about this, whatever this is, that's special. He's a part of it. He's, he's special. He's conscious. He's conscious of it. So mm-hmm. he's important. Yeah. He knows he's important. He knows he has to put the work in, which is why by the end of it, he tells Charles, when do we get started? Right. He's accepting of it. So he knows he's a bridge between both. But then, you know, Saeed, Saeed's like, okay, Desmond, let's go. And he's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. He's just kind of like, sure. Okay, I'm following you now. Perfect. Yeah. I, I you know, 
I, I wish Des I so I don't want to say it. <laughs> I was gonna say I wish Saeed would have killed Zoe instead of letting her go, but eh, you know. Well, yeah. It is what it is. She's just an odd character. She doesn't <sighs> fit. That's the problem. I maybe I they got the wrong actress to 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 play her. I'm not sure, but she just doesn't fit. <sighs> I don't know if it's the actress or not. I, I I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of I just don't like the actress. I don't think that this was a good role for this actress. I don't want to say I don't like the actress because um, I don't know what other work she's done. I don't think this was a good role for this actress. And I also don't think the writers wrote this character properly. No, I mean, it, it's weird to have this many feelings over a minor character. Other than Nikki and Paolo. Well, yeah, but they had an entire episode devoted to them. God, you know, it's still to this day two of the most hated characters on this show, and I, I agree with it completely. Um, you you mentioned a lot of things that are kind of callbacks to things mm-hmm. that have happened. You know, you talk about the the pictures of the ship. You talk about the picture, the two pictures on the scale. Uh, I want to say one of my favorite callbacks. <laughs> I just had to throw this in there. You all, everybody. <laughs> so you know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you all, everybody. Where is the rest of Drive Shaft? Well, we they were know- supposed to have Drive Shaft play with Daniel. But we only follow Charlie. Yeah. Um, and you know what's funny, too, is when Charles says, like, my son is a musician, I was like, wait a minute. Daniel was a part of Drive Shaft? And then I realized, no, no, like, he's just a musician who wants to play with Drive Shaft. He wasn't right. in Drive Shaft. Uh, but you're right. That's a really good question. Where is the rest of Drive Shaft? Right. Was Charlie the only one that was supposed to be brought in? Or was the rest of the band supposed to be brought in, too? I mean, if you're going to be playing with Drive Shaft, why would you only choose the public, publicly addicted, her- the public heroin addict of the group? Maybe Charlie was Drive Shaft. I, you know, I, no one person is ever a band. Okay, and, Liam Gallagher. Uh, unless you're Freddie Mercury. Uh, no, that's not fair to the rest of Queen because the rest of Queen is fantastic. Um, Liam Gallagher. That's a good one too. Trent um, Reznor was Nine Inch Nails before he got bandmates. That's pretty hate that's- machine. Pretty hate machine was recorded all by himself in his bedroom. He did all the instruments. <sighs> okay, those are some good examples, and I enjoy being proven wrong. It's okay. Um, I knew the moment I made the statement, I was like, this is going to come back to bite me in the ass. And I was making a joke about Liam Gallagher because that guy has this like huge overinflated ego and he's definitely not Oasis. Yes. Just, I, <laughs> that I was agree. a joke, but I do, I do think that Trent Reznor is Nine Inch Nails. I agree with that. I, I do agree with that because I can't name any other members of Nine Inch Nails. Atticus Ross. Oh, there you go. Uh, yep. That, that's another good one, too. I think Axl Rose believes he's Guns N' Roses, and he's not. He's not. His braids prove it. <laughs> what do his braids have anything to do with the music? Don't you remember when they performed at the VMAs, 
and he came out in those cornrow braids with act with Guns and Roses. Jimmy Fallon announced them. He's like, "It's Guns and fucking Roses, man!" And then everybody's like, "Yeah, Guns and Roses." And then Axl Rose shows up in cornrows, and everybody's like, "What is happening right now?" I do not remember this, and I'm very happy that I don't remember this. <laughs> I do not remember this at all, and I'm glad. This is a weird moment in Guns N' Roses history. Um, uh, some of the other things that we kind of meant, we kind of see too. I love the moment with uh, Charlie and Desmond and their drive before they drive into the water. They're drive. You see them driving past all the boats in the marina. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. kind of like a reflection of Desmond's life in real life because he was living on the boat with Penny and Charlie. Um. I like the way that um, Desmond met Penny where Desmond met Jack, but yes. in reverse. Yep. I have that in my notes as well, is that they it's met very in the same cool. place. Lots and, of callbacks. Lots and of I, constants. And I want to say, too, you know Desmond and Penny's love is real mm. when you see somebody sweaty and out of sorts from working out and still think they are gorgeous. Yeah. That is love. Just going to put that out there. Like when you see somebody in their at their worst or towards their worst and you still see them like in the way in the beauty that they have, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you you're you definitely have something. And then he makes the point like oh, I just fainted in front of you. So, and I also love that they're meeting for coffee. Yes. Like maybe they can we, go Dutch. Because there's another couple that we know are going to be meeting the same exact way. Yes. I'm so excited. I can't wait till we see her again. Me too. Because we haven't seen her yet this season. We're going to see her. We left Sun in a very interesting spot. We're going to see her. Yep. No, no. Not Sun. That's not who I'm talking about. I know. Oh. then why? Sun was on her way to the hospital. She said she was pregnant. She had just been shot. That's right. And we made the prediction. We made the theory yeah. that Juliet was going to be the doctor that she goes to see. Right. That's Come right. on, man. Keep up. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than like a lot of callbacks and a lot of setup and a lot and and just kind of the idea that Desmond is going to be kind of the catalyst for the end game here. There, there isn't really a lot to say about this episode, but I do like the fact that Happily Ever After seems to be it's like the beginning of act three of, of, of the season and of the series, right? We are now going to move towards the happily ever after for all of the characters. And it's going to be Desmond who gets them there. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've made mention of some of the tragic endings for some of these characters. Um, You know, some of them, some of which we haven't even seen yet, but you're right. It's a good realization and it's kind of almost a comfort to know that even though a lot of these characters come to tragic ends, they still get that happily ever after. Which is rare. Yes, exactly. So it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of almost, it's, it's kind of a comfort to kind of think Mm -hmm. about that now that yes, we have some tragedies coming, uh, some very hard to deal with moments, but in the end, it turns out okay. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's kind of a comfort. We got seven episodes to get there. Yep. We have yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Well, six actually, uh, since the finale is two. Oh, okay. So everybody ah, six, like oceanic six. There you go. Uh, everybody loves Hugo, which is the next episode, the last recruit, the candidate across the sea 
what they died for, which is the penultimate, and then the end, which is the two-part finale. So six more weeks to go covering Lost. It's going to be great. Kind of bittersweet. Going through my notes here, um, just because you're right, I really don't have a lot of other deep points to kind of dive into. Um, Mm -hmm. Seeing Daniel as a musician was great. I loved seeing that. Um, Let's see. Uh, Charlie's connection to Claire, which is obviously the woman he was talking about that he sees. With yeah. The at hair. first though, weren't you nervous about what he was going to say because he started talking about Kate? When was he talking about Kate? When he said that he saw a police off, he saw a woman in handcuffs, two rows ahead of him with a police officer. Oh no, I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. He was talking about anybody other than Claire. Well, well, I thought he was talking about Claire and then he starts talking about Kate and I'm like, what's going on? And then he's like, oh, the police officer made him and realized that he had drugs or yeah. like he got nervous around him. And now then I understood what was going on. Also, I think it was probably like a little callback to the fact that him and Evangeline Lilly used to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were an item for a short period of time. Um, Let me see. Whatever happens, happens, which is one of the the lines that we get. Eloise saying, you're not ready yet. We talked about. Um, oh, uh, Daniel talking about Charlotte. Yes, eating chocolate. Eating chocolate, which I think is a callback to how he first meets her, isn't it? No, when remember she, when her she's last a child. words? Yeah, but her last words are, my mom says I'm not supposed to have chocolate before dinner. That's, that's right. And then she says that to her. Or she said, baby, kid Charlotte tells uh, Daniel that on the swings when he first saw her. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, And then the only other note I have that we, you know, of everything else that we've talked about, um, in the beginning, when the first interaction between Charles and Desmond, when Charles is telling Desmond, like, you're here, I brought you back to the island. That lip snarl from Desmond was kind of like the, ooh, he is pissed Mm -hmm. moment. And then the following moment, he's beating him with an IV stand. That was awesome. Which was great because he deserved it. Mm -hmm. He always deserves it. Um, And then we got, you know, we we got a kind of a callback with the white rabbit as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, that's really everything I have. It's yeah. not a lot of deep. It's not a lot of ah uh, or gotcha moments in this. Mm-hmm. We kind of covered everything that I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I didn't have a lot. So, no. And wow, this is actually the first time it's actually what we said. And the, the conversation wasn't heavy, but that's all right. doesn't always okay. have to be. Because like nope. you said, this is the beginning of the end. Yes. Going forward from this point on, we're probably going to the wall as it yeah, were. Yeah. Cause you're right. We're in the third act now. Yep. We're, we're, we're heading into the third act of the finale. Um, next episode, season six, episode 12. Everybody loves Hugo. Yay. Uh, which if I remember correctly is another connection remade with Hurley and Libby. I think you're right. I, I in a I, coffee shop. I think. Uh, I don't know. Is everything centered around the coffee shop? Have we forgotten this? I, maybe. 
I, we're going to find out. Um, yeah, but, you know, it is. We've talked. Obviously, we've talked about Charlie and Claire. We've talked about Desmond and Penny, Sawyer and Juliet, Jack and Kate. This is one that we haven't really talked a lot about. And that's Hurley and Libby, because we will be seeing Libby again. And I think it is in this next episode because it is a Hurley centric episode. So only makes sense that this is, you know, this is uh, this is where it's going to be. Uh, but that leads us to the feedback section of the podcast in which we actually do have two voicemails this week. Um, one comes from our friend Jason, uh, not Cabassi. Um, uh, this is Jason from San Jose. So let us play that now. Hi, Ben and Kristen. This is Jason in San Jose. And yes, that was me who mentioned the episodic mirror moments in season six. That's what I thought. Happy 100th episode of the podcast. Yay. I just hit the centennial milestone with my own podcast last week. Being that it is an anonymous recovery podcast, I will not name it here. However, I did do an episode called Lost in Recovery and how this iconic show helped me in my recovery journey. And I will have more to say on that in the finale episode. And speaking of, will you be covering Lost Epilogue, the new man in charge on the podcast? I certainly hope so. Anyway, back to Happily Ever After. The mirror moment occurs when Desmond is looking at the board for the baggage carousel information. And this one was pretty easy to spot. However, the one for Everyone Loves Hugo is a little bit harder to find. Anyway, pretty much every Desmond episode is among my favorite of the series. The Constant, anyone? <laughs> How awesome was it seeing Charlie again? That just made me smile. <laughs> and I just love seeing Desmond's wake-up moments with Charlie and then with Penny. This is the first of many to come. It was also fun seeing callbacks to Minkowski and then Daniel and Eloise Widmore. There are a few other Easter eggs in this episode. I noticed the bar was named Jax, uh, J-A-X, but I don't know if that was in reference to Jack Shepard. In Charles' office, there was the McCutcheon's Whiskey and also Jack Bender's artwork on the wall. And this time it featured the scales with the black and white rocks instead of the polar bears. Back when Happily Ever After first aired, I can remember crazy poof-haired Eloise was very mysterious about what she knew. Desmond was not ready. Now looking back, I believe that she was fully aware of what the Flash Sideways world actually was. In addition to Eloise and Charlie... I think there were a few other characters in the sideways world who had their awakenings off camera with those more will be revealed soon. So, wow, this seems to be the beginning of the end. <laughs> That's all I have for now. This has been Jason in San Jose. Namaste. <laughs> Thanks for that, Jason. Um, you know, I'm so glad that he named that. He talked about the bar name because, um, you know, LAX is, the airport that they were in and out of Jack mm. is the main character, so to speak. So to have a bar named Jack's actually makes sense as to like foreshadowing. Yeah. Of what's I, going to happen. I could see that. And I did pay attention to the name of the bar. And for some reason, it just never clicked with me that that's what it was or that's mm -hmm. what it could be. 
rather mm-hmm. is that it could be a reference to Jack and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see. Not only play- Jack, but like the airport, cause he does need the flight manifest. Right. And, and it's this flight into LAX that really is kind of the, the, the whole reason for Desmond's role in anything. And as we know, Jack is the one that is kind of selected to be the leader of the island, but he gives it over to Hurley. So, um, you know, it is foreshadowing to kind of an end game scenario, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can see that. Um, Jason too, uh, by the way, awesome. I love hearing that this show was part of your recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we don't know what the details of that. It, it's totally on you. You don't have to reveal them at all. I know you said you'll you'll speak a little bit more about it when we get to the finale. Um, but I love the fact that this show was a part of it. I love the fact that you have a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. Um, please send us information on that podcast. Yes. Um, we will happily plug it if you want us to plug it. If you don't mm-hmm. want us to, totally understand but at the very least send us information so that i can check it out yeah so that we can at least listen to your lost in recovery episode yeah exactly that would be Um, great yeah send us information on it and if you want us to plug it we'll happily plug it um we'll happily do that for you Uh, yeah i have a tv show that completely got me through the worst time in my life as well so I, i totally get it i have one or two shows that helped me more recently through high anxiety of the pandemic Right. Um, so I can I can absolutely relate when it comes to finding comfort in one or two things, uh, yes. particularly television series to kind of help you through uh, difficult periods. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'll, I'll say The Office and Parks and Rec were like key to my, getting me through my anxiety. There you go. So Parks um, and Rec is the best. I love that show so much. Uh, but thank you. Jason for that, for that awesome feedback as well. Uh, and that leaves us to our second voicemail, which of course comes from our friend, Steve Brown. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve. And this is for uh, lost happily ever after. Oh, we get an eye opening oh, opener, open scene. We haven't had that in a while. Hey, they must be off the sub in in some room on the Island. Cause this room is way too big to be on the sub. <laughs> Ooh, how ominous the Island isn't done with you yet, but he did smash him in the head pretty good. <laughs> Whoa. They just cooked some guy and now they're going to put Desmond in there. Okay. Wait, who is Whitmore's son that he says died on the Island? Oh yeah, that's right. Um, Oh, not the guy with the beard, you know, uh, Dewey Bennett, Dickie Bennett. So we're back at the airport. Uh, Desmond just met uh, Claire, and he's like, I bet it's a boy. <laughs> oh, and Fisher Stevens playing George. In this flash sideways, Desmond works for Charles Widmore, and he's going to go babysit Charlie. Oh, Charlie's talking about Claire, and it's so special. I see her. <laughs> There's always a choice, brother. What are you thinking, Charlie? That's, they just drove him into the water? Oh, I get it, the water, because just like in the real present. Oh, not Penny's boat. Oh. Oh, but this time he saves Charlie. Well, you don't need to find Charlie because Charlie just found you. None of this matters. Oh, Eloise. And you know, Desmond's suit is surprisingly unrumpled for having been all wet and now dry. Okay, Eloise obviously knows way more than than she's saying because she knows what's happening to Desmond. And now Daniel is trying to figure out what's happening as well with Desmond. And of course, I don't remember any of this so i'm just as confused as daniel and desmond 
Oh, and Penny's running the steps of the stadium just like Jack was when he met Desmond for the first time. Or where Desmond was when Jack... They met running the steps. Okay, so now Desmond's on board. Oh, Saeed, out of the jungle, breaks that guy's neck. Ooh. Oh, they're going to go have coffee together. Desmond and Penny. Uh, so Desmond's mission in this sideways flash is to find everybody who's on the plane and, what, show them they're in not in the real world? Oh, and nobody said the title of the episode. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> talk to you next time. <laughs> no mic drop moments from Steve. This week. I love him. I, I love him. And that. it looks as two voicemails that agree with me about Eloise. Yes. Yeah. I, I could be, again, I, I, I question. No, no you're it. wrong. You, it's not could be. You're just wrong. It's fine. I, I never made a point. <laughs> I just, I said she could be real or she couldn't be real. I never said which one I think she is. I said she's a mystery. Uh, I, lo- <laughs> I love Steve's like, Charles Whitmore's son. The one with the beard. Uh, Dickie, Dickie, yeah, Dickie Bennett. And I actually get that reference. Good. Yeah. That's a, that's a uh, justified re- a reference. Justified reference. Where, uh, where, what is that actor's name? Jeremy Davies plays yeah. the exact opposite of Daniel Faraday. Yes. Absolutely. I um, recommend that show. Thank you both for the feedback. Obviously, as we're approaching the end of Lost, we encourage you guys to leave us feedback as well. Easiest way to do that is go to revisitedpod.com to find links on how you can do it. Um, Subscribe, watch, all that stuff. Or you can email us directly with an email or a voicemail at feedback at revisitedpod.com. I think the time has come. Before we do recommendations. Oh, do you want to do recommendations first and then we'll do the announcement? It doesn't do matter you... to me. Let's just do the announcement. And that Let's way people that are just waiting for it can just turn it <laughs> off before hearing our recommendations. Before hearing our recommendations. Um, so we've thrown out a number of shows that could potentially be the show that we we dive into. We talked so about. So many shows. We talked about Fringe. We talked about Once Upon a Time. We talked about Justified. Like there Dexter. Were Dexter. There were a number of shows that we threw out there. Um, this one we even talked about. We even played with the idea of doing Friends. Did we? Yeah, with uh, with Jill and Greg. Greg. Yeah. Uh, thank God we didn't do that. <laughs> Two hundred shows. We would have been done when we were fifty. Yeah, it, it, we wouldn't have done it. Um, I don't think we ever brought up this show. No. In discussion. Not in so, discussion, but it sure has been oh, brought up. <laughs> this show has been referenced a lot uh, it, over the course of this podcast. Um, this is a show that Kirsten and I absolutely adore. It's very different from Lost. I don't feel like there's going to be as many hidden things or deep conversations. There's going to no. be stuff to talk about. It's going to um, be fun. It, this is going to be more the fun type of show mm-hmm. to talk about. Um, and I know it's a very popular show, uh, and it has very recently ended. So it does fit our qualifications of a show that has finished. Um, we'll hit the drum roll and we'll see our next show will be Ted Lasso. Yay! <laughs> We're very excited. It's bullshit. So- <laughs> oh, hold on. Bullshit. I knew it was going to end the song yeah. if I played it. Oh. Whistle. Whistle.
we have referenced this show. We have played sound effects. Um, the reason why we chose this show, and I don't, I'm, I don't want to speak for you, Kristen, but I'm sure you'll probably agree, is that this show, in addition to being just a very wholesome, fantastic comedy, is that it touches on a lot of things that we have all kind of experienced in our life anxiety panic it's like family family relations it there's there's so much that this show dives into that we just we love this show so much and we just kind of feel like we we kind of in addition to just wanting to go back and rewatch it Mm -hmm. it's just we feel like there's so much to talk about it's a positive show it has so much heart it has a lot of real life application like ben was saying um, it highlights, you know, trouble with anxiety, trouble with relationships, trouble with working relationships, um, you know, finding who we are as people and, and tearing down our personas and who people want us to be. I mean, there's so much to it. And then it's also just funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. There are so many moments that uh, one of the things if you've never if you've already seen the show, you already know because my parents are excited to listen to it. Are they really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have there. There is a group of people that we have kind of revealed this to already, and they are incredibly excited. Like there are a number of people that like I was I was going to start a rewatch, but now I'll wait. Yeah. You know, until we start, because at the rate we're going in September is when we'll launch into this. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I also want to go back real quick and tell Jason, I think we are going to cover the man in charge. Uh, yes. on an yes. episode. Um, so uh, the new man in charge or whatever it's called. I think we are, we did talk about, we are going to cover that. Um, that might be a relatively short episode because that short, I think is only like five or six minutes. Um, but anyway, going back to Ted Lasso, it is like, it, there are so many moments that have left me in absolute hysterics, mm-hmm. but moments that have brought me to tears Mm-hmm. both in sadness and happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the few shows that I know of that can bring me to tears and then within the next minute have me laughing. Through the tears, yes. Through the tears that I, 100%. I, I had. 100%. Um, I cannot wait to dive into the show with you. Me too. I cannot wait to dive into the show with the listeners. I hope you guys are ex- as excited now that you know that Ted Lasso is the show we're covering. Um, Please let us know. Um, Send us feedback and tell us your thoughts on us covering Ted Lasso. Are you excited? Are you not excited? Have you seen the show? Have you not seen the show? We're going to have some people come on with us to talk about the show. So it's not just Kristen and I the whole time, which um, will be a new kind of fresh thing that we're going to do. Maybe not every week, Every couple episodes, we'll have some, we'll bring somebody on to talk about the episodes. So I'm excited. Me too. I'm very excited. And I'm happy we finally got to announce it. Yes, me too. We now just, we can just talk about it. Now we can just talk about <laughs> it. Um, that brings us to recommendations for the week. Um, I don't know if I have anything. <laughs> Do you? I recommend watching Stranger Things with your children. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
I have been watching Stranger Things with my kids. We've binged the first two seasons, and it has been so fun to watch the show through their eyes for the first time. Like, my daughter is just screaming at the television all the time. <laughs> I, I can't wait to get reactions when you get to season four with them. Yeah, wait, we're going to start season, season three, three today. Is it season three or season four? Which is the last season we just got? Four. Season three is the mall. And season four is when season four is the trailer part. Yeah, yeah. Season four is the Eddie season. Eddie season. season. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I don't know if I've actually told this. Actually, I don't know why I would have told this story. Um, So um, Joe Quinn, the actor that plays Eddie, is so huge now because of Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, The show that I worked a couple months ago. Uh, Fan Expo Philadelphia. Joe Quinn was a guest. He was supposed to be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but something happened with his visa that he was not able to make it until Sunday. Oh, no. Um, so the show, obviously cancellations and mishaps like this are part of the business. It happens all the time. Um, but he was the big draw for the, he was one of I'm the big sure. draws for the show. Yeah. Um, Every time they were offering autographs, he sold out immediately. So obviously, originally it was just Friday. They were hoping to get him there Saturday and he couldn't like something happened. He couldn't make it Saturday. So finally, finally, the show said, OK, if you can't make it Saturday, if you can't, if you can't come, if you were only coming to the show for him, we're going to refund your ticket. You have two options. Either we'll refund you your autograph and your admission for the show, which they never do. They never refund admission because they always They're tell learning you learning from Walker Stalker. Well, no, they always tell you never buy tickets. And this is good advice. Never buy tickets to a show for one guest. Yeah. Okay. Because if that one guest cancels, you're, you're out. What of are line. you doing? Exactly. Right. So ordinarily they would refund you for the autograph or the photo op, but you still had to pay for you still, you had your admission ticket, but because he was such a big guest. They said, okay, if you can't make it Saturday and Saturday was your only day that you bought, like you didn't buy a weekend pass, you bought Saturday and that was it. We'll refund you your Saturday and your autograph photo up. Or if you only bought Saturday, but you can make it on Sunday, we'll transfer your ticket from Saturday to Sunday. But everybody was like, well, his line is going to be incredibly long. Enormous. Joe Quinn, being the champ that he is, said to Fan Expo, I will get there as early as you want me there to start. Even if the floor doesn't open until 10, I will get there at 6 a.m. if you want me there at 6 a.m. Oh, he got there at 730. He had his booth was not on Fan Expo's floor because the line was going to be way too long. It was going to take up too much space. That's like JDM status right there. Or Norman. Because Norman yeah. used to be like that, too. He's not that big anymore, but he was. Um, so they moved him to a separate area of the convention center, gave him his own spot, and he got there at 7.30 a.m. So before I even got there at 9, he was already signing for an hour and a half. <sighs> so, and they were even going to pull him from his panel because he had a panel on Sunday with one of the other cast, the girl that mm-hmm. the cheerleader that he was... He was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh-huh. I forget her name. Um, they had a panel together and they were going to pull him from the panel so that he could stay on the floor. 
And they were like, no, like this will be a huge panel. And if mm-hmm. we pull him, then it's just her. Like that doesn't right. really make any sense. Let me tell you, I was downstairs of the convention center working my way upstairs. I knew the moment they announced him because I heard the applause downstairs. Wow. The applause you know, for he's- him was huge he's an amazing character on stranger things i mean eddie was just a great like great character a good character yeah on stranger things i'm saying was is was is he's not coming back oh my gosh i will bet you a thousand dollars right now I don't have a thousand dollars. Well, I'll bet you something valuable then. <laughs> you want one of my cats? You know what? Mark the day. Mark the time. What is it? It is Monday, July thirty first at twelve oh seven p.m. People. <laughs> okay. Now that that's out of the way. <laughs> Eddie was a, Eddie is. Eddie is <laughs> a great character. Yes, there you go. Was. Um, Is. <laughs> so, good recommendation, Stranger Things. That's a show I want to go back and I, re- I want to revisit. We're on our fourth rewatch, and I'm still yeah. finding um, I'm still finding a lot of things that I didn't find before. And my kids are finding stuff that I never found before, which is very cool, because um, it's their first watch through. So, yeah. um, it'll be fun. It, it is fun. And we only watch it in the daylight for them. They can't watch it at nighttime. So once it starts to get dark, we, we have to shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do want to rewatch. Um, I, I do want to rewatch that at some point. Um, the only rather, the only recommendation I can say, um, I'm, I'm still in the midst of my whole movie shuffle. Like I'm trying to get through 50 movies by September 1st. Um, and one of the ones I, I just recently watched was a movie that, I kind of wrote off like I thought it was going to be great because of the cast. And then I watched like the first 10 minutes and I was like, eh, I'm not really into this. I'm really surprised. I'm not liking this. I threw it in the in the watch because I never finished it. And I went back and I watched it and I ended up absolutely loving it. It's called The Hitman's Bodyguard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that movie with Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. I was like, how <laughs> can the two of them? How can this be a bad movie? Right. And then I had a number of people tell me, like, no, you kind of have to stick with it. You gotta get you gotta get through that first initial like half hour. And then it gets great. So glad I listened and I went back and I I rewatched it. I gave it another chance because it was That's how I feel about Severance. Um, you know, especially like watching it. I, I loved it from the beginning, but my husband, Dave, had a really hard time with Severance. And then he he said episode four, it just like the slow burn wore off and the rest of the season was just phenomenal to the point that he's just like, just get through it. Just get through the first couple of episodes because it's the best season finale I've probably ever seen. I'm, I have not watched it. I am purposely waiting now at this point um, because here we go going into plugs. You will be starting a podcast with our friend Jason over at Podcastica. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about severance. Yes. Um, any is there any word on when that's starting? Soon. Okay. Yeah, the next couple of weeks. Okay. We're still getting artwork and music together, and then we should be good to go. 
Okay. Uh, and yeah, Ahsoka, I mean, Ahsoka starts in a few weeks, too. Ahsoka starts in, in a few weeks, and also over on Podcastica, they just launched, uh, I think, The White Lotus. Yes. Welcome to The White Lotus just launched. Um, so obviously go over and check out podcastica.com for all the other great podcasts that are over there. Um, check out my Wilhelm podcast. Uh, I, we are going into actually speaking of Jason, Jason and I are going to be recording relatively soon, uh, our top five favorite Robin Williams movies. Uh, and that is going to drop on Friday, August 11th, uh, which is the, actually the anniversary of his death. Hmm. Um, nine years since his passing. Um, and I will tell you of all the top five episodes I have ever done for this podcast, this will be one of the most difficult. You're going to do great. Not just in emotion, um, but choosing a yeah. top five. It's an impossible task for me. No, the best one is Goodwill Hunting. That's not my, mm, it's not my number one. Yeah, it's the best one though. Yeah, that can be argued. <laughs> I can I mean, like, look, it won him his first and only Oscar. Dead so Poet Society is also really good, too. The, I can go on and on. I, again, this is an impossible task for me. Mrs. Doubtfire is great. Mrs. Doubtfire, Good Morning Vietnam. I've never seen Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, really? It's an 80s movie, man. I've got that weird 80s movie gap in my life. Yeah. All right. Well, adding that to the list for Movie Swap. Um, while we're talking about that, be sure you're checking out our Kristen and I's movie swap over on yes. uh, uh, Wilhelm as well. Uh, last week, we gave each other our homework of um, uh, The Tomorrow War, which is what you gave. Well, it's actually what your daughter gave me. Yes. Uh, and I gave you We Bought a Zoo with Matt Damon. So yes. we have not recorded on that yet. We're going to be doing that this week, and that'll drop uh, by Friday. Yes. So you'll be hearing that later on this week. I've already got a list of just for now 15 movies <laughs> that I will be working my way through giving you. I'm excited. This is a this is it's, this is my favorite homework assignment right now is is are these uh movie assignments. I I like them too because I not only watch what you gave me as homework, I rewatch what I gave you. It's fun. Yeah. And now that we're recording tomorrow, I can rewatch uh, Tomorrow War because I haven't had time to do it because I've been working on this dumb project for the past week for school. But okay. now I have time. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've already watched the Tomorrow War, which we're, I'm, we're saving the discussion until we I've record. watched We Bought a Zoo. Well, rather, I've, we watched. We watched it. And I rewatched We Bought a Zoo as well. So um, we'll talk about them. Yeah. So wilhelmpodcast.com, go over there and subscribe so that you can hear the, the movie swaps and the top five with Robin Williams and all the other stuff I do over there. Podcastica.com, check out all the great stuff over there. And of course, revisitedpod.com, where you can find all the information on this show. Uh, feedback at podcastica or not podcastica, feedback at revisitedpod.com. Uh, send us a voicemail, send us an email on feedback of any of the upcoming episodes, past episodes, and let us know your thoughts on Ted Lasso being the next show that we are going to cover. Um, Yay! Or just leave us a comment on Facebook as well. Facebook.com yeah. slash revisited pod. Let us know there. Um, I think that's it on my end. Anything from you? No. No. 
All right. Then with that being said, thank you as always for being a part of this project, for being a part of this family, for listening, subscribing, all that you guys do. But until next time, we'll see you on another episode of Revisited and further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. You almost didn't say it. (laughs) I did it anyway. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!